Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop top-performing customer success team that drives revenue and retention for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by Michael Fulvio, the Director of Customer Success for Seamless Docs. Michael has been with the organization for almost four years and moved into customer success from a role in inside sales. Throughout his time at Seamless Docs, he has built and maintained a positive relationship with the product team, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Welcome, Michael. And before we get started, I'd love to hear about your career path and how you ended up in customer success, as well as a little bit more about Seamless Docs. Sure. Well, thanks for having me here, Kristen. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Glad to but, have you. <laughs> so I think I took you know, the most traditional road to customer success and went to school for acting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, Don't we all do that? <laughs> yeah, right? So... Uh, I went to school for acting, which was great. I moved to New York and banged my head for against the wall for a couple of years, making that work. And uh, you know, really, what that meant was I was waiting tables. So after a while, I decided I was miserable waiting tables, and um, I was just looking for anything else. And that's how I found Seamless Docs. And I was really fortunate enough to get in on the ground floor. They were just looking for people to. Uh, man the phones initially, but then we started getting accounts and we started working exclusively with government. And uh, they said, hey, you seem to be really great with people. How would you like to run our accounts? And then a little bit later, our CEO came to me and said, I, I don't want you to call yourself accounts anymore. I want to call you customer success. And I kind of laughed at him. I thought that was just like a branding thing. And then I started to learn more about it and, and get into the, you know, the practices of customer success and really the world of it that's just starting to emerge and getting very excited to be a part of that and be here with you. Great. Um, I have to ask, um, can, can I ask you, how, do you feel like your acting experience um, and that training has helped you in any way in customer success? Uh, you know, I get that question all the time and people assume that's true. And that's why they hired me was they saw that on my resume and said, oh, yeah, I can talk. Um, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I would uh, assume that too, <laughs> you know, but I, I actually attribute more of my success and customer success to my time waiting tables. Um, oh, okay. and this is something I thought I was a genius about like customer success and waiting tables is the same thing. Uh, but then I started to see some other blog posts about it. So I didn't get to write mine yet, but, um, you know, it's just like, here's somebody, they're hungry. Um, how do you keep them happy until their well-done steak comes out that they shouldn't have asked for in the first place? Um, right. <laughs> so I think anyone who's waited tables and works in customer success can see the two. Yeah. You know, I actually really like hiring people who have experience in either 
food service or in retail uh, for that very reason, because I know that they can work with a whole bunch of different people with different backgrounds and do a great job of working with lots of different personalities. So I can appreciate that. So Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about Seamless Stocks? I'd like to understand a little bit more about the company. Sure. At Seamless Stocks, um, we're going on five or six years old now, uh, but we are the world's first government relationship manager, GRM. And what that is, uh, we work exclusively with governments. And what our government relationship manager does is ha- handles that data that between citizens or staff or vendors and you know what happens next. So the platform, the product itself started out as an online form creator uh, where you could upload PDFs, put fields on it, requirements, validations, e-signatures, okay. payments, uh, and send that off for a signature workflow and everything like that. But then as we, we started working exclusively with governments, and this is where we're going to get into talking about with the product team, is uh, our governments told us what the platform needed to be. No one's made a government relationship manager before. Um, so all the features that we have are totally ideas from our, our clients that are just telling us how to build the product. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but a little bit more about Seamless Docs is our tagline is government is beautiful. And we always get a laugh about that. Um, I'm going to laugh at that too. <laughs> which, is, which is great. That means we've grabbed you, we've engaged you, and, and now you're yep. thinking about it. Um, you know, while we say government is beautiful, I'm just trying to find like that baseline, like not negative experience that people have with government. And fortunately, uh, by having these online forums and online processes, um, citizens, are, you know, our customers' customers are really just thrilled to be able to not have to drive down to city hall or print something out, fax it in, scan it in. You know, I I don't even know where my checkbook is right now. So I don't know how I could write a check to the city. Um, But but that's really what it is, is just bringing these government services online um, and along with workflows. Very cool. I think that all of us could benefit from that, it sounds like. So uh, good job. Keep up the good work and let's get more of that in our government. So let's give our listeners a little more backdrop on the teams at Seamless Stocks. Can you describe how both the success and product teams are structured and which functions they cover? Yeah, absolutely. So on the success team here, uh, we are responsible for uh, after our sales team goes out and finds us a new partner city to work with. We're responsible for onboarding, educating those clients, engaging the users, helping them with adoption and this is really kind of like change management in their processes. And then ultimately the renewal. Uh, we, we also do support, but we did just get our first uh, dedicated support person, which is really exciting. Yay! It takes a lot off the <laughs> That's team. great. So what we do on the success team is not just educate people how to use this product, uh, which you know half the population gets and jumps in and half the population goes, I don't understand technology and <laughs> dealing with, with government. Uh, but we're, we're helping them with projects. So while we've seen every time off request form, every personnel action form, every sign permit application, uh, as much as cities are trying to, they're trying to solve universal problems individually. And we're really trying to work with our partners and say, look, we already figured this out. Here's how it's done. Here's how the city next door is doing it. Here's how you know, the state next door is doing it or other parks and recs uh, departments. So we're really just trying to bring our form knowledge to our clients as well. And then to loop it all into product, we really work with our clients a lot on product feedback. Um, Constantly, you know, people are saying, 
hey, can it do this? Or it'd be really cool if you guys did that. And we love that kind of feedback. So we take that on the success team over to the product team, which is a, a relatively new department in our okay. organization. Um, okay. But the people who are in that department have been with the organization since the beginning. So our co-founder uh, and CEO are really kind of our heads of product. But our, our co-founder, who was our CTO, but he's now our CPO. We have a chief product okay. officer, nice. uh, which is great because he built the original platform uh, that we're now optimizing and upgrading and, and building off of. So he's, okay. he's been with us from the beginning. Uh, he's been sitting in with clients, uh, getting their feedback on new things. And, and our product team is really responsible for developing those new feature specs, um, developing the rollout plan for all of that, working with the success team to get feedback on everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's great. It helps to understand the the structure of the groups as we get into what you and I are going to be talking about in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. When you and I first met, we got to talking about how there seems to be a lot of customer success articles out there that describe the friction between customer success and product teams. And you haven't experienced that. And I've experienced it a little bit in the companies that we work with at the Success League. But I've also experienced the other side of it where those two teams work really smoothly together. So we're going to talk about all of the things that you do to maintain a positive relationship between customer success and product. But before we get into the details, why do you think that this is such a critical relationship? Well, I think because especially a product like yours, which is an online web application, um, you know, ideally, we're not holding people's hands through the onboarding process. Ideally, someone can log in and know exactly how to convert an old PDF into a new seamless doc. Um, and I think that's, that's a lot in the product. What do what those onboarding slides look like? What, where are the buttons? You know, just getting on the screen with somebody and watching them move their mouse around is always so enlightening. So I, I think, you know, product success is customer success. Uh, because really the customers have the best ideas for the product. Yeah. Great. I agree with you on that. <laughs> I think that um, the more that those two teams can work together, the better. So let's let's talk about how you've been able to to be successful with that. So when you first took over customer success at Seamless Stocks, how did you kick off the relationship with the leader of the product team? Well, I think it just really happened very organically as we started to get accounts and I took over these accounts and was onboarding them. And, uh, but we were still in a really learning process with those early innovators who were coming to our product. We, it was a much simpler product. At that point, it was a very much a simple form creator. You upload a PDF, you throw a couple fields on it and a couple signatures, um, and then we store all that data for you in a CSV. Okay. Um, so it was really easy for, to get people on board, those early adapters, but right away they were like, what about messaging? What about uh, reminders? What, a, what about status tags? All these other things that, that we just didn't know about. So right away I was working with the engineering team at that time saying, hey, I'm getting all these requests. We really just started, I just wrote down every request ever as a, as a ticket in, we were using a, Asana at the time. But really, I, I just said, like, let's keep it all. There's no idea that's, that's inappropriate or stupid or anything like that because somebody thinks this is going to be a good idea. And then we started hearing more and more of the same ones. So we were tagging our clients on these tickets so we can see, okay, what tickets have the most clients on it? Okay, that's how we can make the next product feature decision. 
if half of our clients are asking for a toggle to do one thing, well, let's give it to them. That's great. Did you use any particular tool to keep track of all of that? Yeah. Was that all in Asana? Uh, or yeah. what, did you use Salesforce? Or? We've jumped around a lot. Uh, but okay. really the way that we communicate with, it, with engineering and then product kind of grew organically out of the engineering team uh, was Asana. And then we jumped over to, what was that called? Pivotal Tracker, which I really liked because it's very organized. Uh, but now we're, we've ultimately ended up on Jira now is a really great way to communicate with the product and engineering teams. Okay, great. So tell me what the partnership looks like now. How does that benefit both of your teams? Well, what's really great is just we have a constant communication with each other. Um, I'm always running over to our CPO's desk. He's coming over and talking to the success team. Uh, of course, we use Slack to communicate as well and have way too many channels about specific things that we communicate well. Um, but we also tag team customer calls. Our product team is involved in not just our kind of specialty clients where we're working with them on projects or maybe doing a little bit of custom building, but really they're just jumping on uh, calls to learn how things are going. What are you working with? Uh, we really we just had our first customer advisory board meeting last week, which was really exciting to get. Oh, feedback. that's fantastic! Yeah, to get feedback in a group like that. Um, but our product team sits in our weekly success meeting and gets a little section of that and gets to hear feedback from the team there, as well as I have a weekly call with the head of products on Friday afternoons, which is a great, great way to wrap the week, get back on the same page uh, and make sure that our goals are aligned. Perfect. How do you see that scaling as you guys grow? Because I know you're you're in an earlier stage organization now. Um, some of this stuff is pretty labor intensive, like having products sit in on your your standups. Do you think um, that do you anticipate having that continue, or are you looking for ways that you can scale these processes as you grow? Yeah, I think that's a really great question and something that I've seen us not just in this but as a company kind of struggle with as we're growing is uh -huh. I think there's, we all want to scale, of course, but I think sometimes like trying to make things scalable is harder than just kind of fixing the problem directly in front of you. And okay. right, you know, right now our communication is great and it doesn't seem to be overly uh, taxing to either team. Uh, okay. But I, I think that's definitely something we are always, always looking to the future about scale, but you know, we got to fix the, the fires right in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. By now, you probably know that the Success League offers two training programs for CSMs and success leaders. Our Customer Success Leadership Program is designed to help directors and VPs of customer success be more effective in their planning, hiring, management, and communication. I teach these classes, and as a former VP of customer success, I'm sharing the skills and models I learned over years of doing the job. Our CSM training program is for customer success managers who need training on customer success basics or to brush up on specific skills. These classes focus on how CSMs can help customers achieve the outcomes they are looking for through effective planning and communication. All of our classes are one-hour instructor-led sessions that include discussion and tools that enhance learning. Our 2018 classes start the week of January 22nd, and prices are going up next year. 
However, if you sign up for either series by January 12th, you'll receive 2017 pricing, which is more than 20% off. For coupon codes and more information on both programs, you can visit the training page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. I also want to mention a terrific resource from Strike Deck called The Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200-page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career in customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build the customer success function within their organization. Links for the Success League's training sessions and the ebook can be found in the description of this episode. And now back to our interview. So, Michael, you mentioned to me that you loop the product team in on customer conversations. I'd like to dig in a little deeper on that. How does that process work and what benefits do both teams see from that customer facing partnership? Sure. Well, a product team really wants to talk to our clients. Like, like I said, nobody's built a government relationship manager before. So it's not like we're making another, you know, review app or, uh, you know, song app, something like that. That's yeah. kind of done. <laughs> that people have expectations. Starting from, scratch. Yeah. starting from scratch. So while we all have our own ideas about where the platform is going to go and what new features and everything, we really just keep going right back to our customers. Um, and I've learned so much about government and the way government works, whether it's a small town in Idaho or a state agency. Um, they're all very similar and they're all very different. So trying to create a product that fits all of these markets um, has its own difficulties. And, and that's why our product team has really just been there from the beginning, talking with clients, uh, getting involved on sales calls, even to answer questions. We, all, we always think that's a little nice to, you know, rather than hear it from me, yeah, I can get someone from my product team on the phone who just speaks a little bit more technical than I do. And that makes all the difference, even though they're saying exactly the same thing. So our clients love that, uh, that they get to you know, go that deep with somebody, even though it's, if it's just like a little bit deeper than where they're going with me. And then, Yeah, uh, it's pretty unusual. That's really cool that you do that. Yeah. And again, you know, this was kind of the whole impetus of our conversation. I don't know yeah. that this is unusual. It just seems to make sense to me. Yeah. Well, it is unusual. <laughs> maybe it should not be unusual. I guess that that would be maybe your point. It shouldn't be unusual. Are there specific tools aside from the ones that you mentioned that you think enable collaboration? And maybe are there tools that you're looking at as a team to adopt down the road? Yeah. So like I said, you know, we're using Jira right now as our main way of communicating issues and feature requests back and forth. Um, what's really cool about that is our product team is specking things out in Confluence, also by Atlassian. And what's great is, is like they're just linking right to those feature request tickets within the specs, which is really cool. Um, and then you can see all the list of people who are asking for it. But our, our main way that we communicate with our clients is Intercom. It's just such a cool product, such a cool company. Um, and all of our engineering and product team have Intercom accounts too, so they can always click in and see the conversations that are happening. Our clients love that they can chat with us right through the app. Uh, so it's a really great place of feedback for us. Okay. Uh, the other thing Very is cool. uh, that I've been working on a lot with our product team right now is, is looking to analytics tools together. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I've uh, been searching for a CS tool myself, you know, all the trials and tribulations that 
as for a company our size. But really, um, in talking to the product team about it, they're like, oh, well, we're also looking for analytics tools. And these CS tools are in their way, some kind of analytics tools. So we decided to tag team this kind of search. Do I need a CS tool? Do they need an analytics tool? What's the, the best tool we can get that would maybe ser- serve both teams? And okay. we can go from there. So th- that's been a fun challenge to work on with each other. What are they looking for from the analytics tool, just out of curiosity? Uh, really just to get that insight into our usage. Um, we have some really basic usage we're pumping into Intercom right now or running queries directly from our database. But uh, it's not everywhere on our platform. And okay. in, in the search for these analytics tools, they all have like really different feature sets. Like some have a walkthrough, some have a knowledge base, some have screen capture technology. So I think, you know, you see a lot of tools, you know, CRMs, uh, the CS tools I was talking about have very similar feature sets. I don't know, these analytics tools seem really different. Um, and on the, on the internet, talking to CS communities, you know, about analytics tools, everyone's got that different one that they really love. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's it's interesting. There's a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, good luck with your search <laughs> for that. <laughs> what initiatives are you and the product leader working on for the future? Yeah, so in addition to finding, you know, better insight into our customers, you know, because we're, we're really determining what those insights are and making them align, which is great. I can't imagine if I was looking for one set of usage, usage data and our product was looking for another. So also like, oh, I missed that one. That was a good one. Um, the other thing we're really working on and focusing on right now is our uh, feature release process and communications. Okay. It's been a little haphazard at, to this point. Uh, is it through Intercom? Is it through MailChimp? Is it... So working with actually our marketing team and bringing them in as well, uh, we, we've just developed a really step-by-step process to make sure that goes really smoothly and communicate with our clients. Yeah, I think that's so important. And a lot of organizations, including organizations I've worked for in the past, have have gotten that, you know, wrong. And we've had to kind of work on how that works. I think the thing that I have found works the best is to offer customers lots of options for different ways that they can learn about new releases. Some people love to read detailed release notes. Other people really want to see a short video, you know, other people, you know, want to read it in a blog post and just get the high level, you know, bullet points on it. So if you, the more variety you can offer your customers, the better it seems like in in my experience. And I think just pictures and videos, because if there's anything I've learned from working with governments on forms, it's just that people people don't read. (laughs) I know. I that's kind of our guiding principle behind the playbooks that we create. It's like mm-hmm. if it's more than one page long, nobody is going to read it. <laughs> so don't even make don't even make one that's longer than that. It won't get read. And it's like everything that we all sign online. I don't know anyone that reads all the legal stuff. Um that we're all signing all the time for our iPhones and our, you know, apps that we're using and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being an issue for your particular <laughs> audience, for sure. So um, just to kind of wrap this topic up for our listeners, um, if I'm a listener and maybe I'm a CSM or I'm a customer success leader, what can I do to encourage the relationship between my customer success team and the product team in my company? 
Oh, I think just like everything, it's just communication. Um, I've just made sure I sit with the product team, sit with the engineering team, try to communicate how our clients are using our platform. I'm sure uh, a lot of engineering departments, you know, they're building the toggle, they're building the back end that plugs into whatever, but they're not actually using the platform themselves. And, and we've had some QA sessions where the engineers go, oh my God, we do that? Oh, I didn't know our <laughs> platform did that. Uh, yeah. So I think just really making sure that product and engineering uh, or engineering through product just knows how the clients are using the product, why they're using the product, what those business results are for your clients uh, is really just make, will help that relationship. Uh, it's a win-win. If your customers are happy because of product, you know, then product wins and vice versa. So I think just looking for those win-win scenarios shouldn't be that hard. And really, just because the customer always knows best. If the product team is handing out edicts about where things should go and, and all their customers say, you know, why did that button turn blue all of a sudden or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, re it's really great to just have a couple key customers that you can go to with the product to say, like, hey, I, I want to loop my product team in here. Can you give them some feedback? And one, that makes them invest it in the company and in the product that, wow, my opinion matters and I'm such a, a special user of this product that you want my opinion? So I think it's just a win-win for everybody. Our customers love getting on these calls with the product team. They love giving us their feedback, good and bad. And even the people that give, have given us tons of bad feedback, uh, because we've listened to them, because we've brought in other people like the product team be, to listen to them that much, they become some of our biggest fans and advocates in the long yeah. run. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful side effect of the work you're putting in in having your product team listen to your clients. So last question, and this is something I ask every guest on the show, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? I love this question. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm like self-taught customer success. So I've read all the books in the, li in the library at this point. Um, I'm constantly looking at blogs and everything just to try to get more feedback in the different communities that are available online. Uh, but I think just like figuring out how to automate these processes is what's really blowing up those customer success tools that are out there, like Strike Deck. Thank you for hosting us. Um, so I think really, how do we automate these processes? And what I started my search maybe almost a year ago now, looking into all these CS tools, was to have an answer to, for those processes. Uh, what are they? And that's the fun and frustrating part, I think, of customer success is I, it's not a sales team. I can't just go and take another process and plug it in to our clients and our product and our company right. because there's nothing else like that. <laughs> so that's fun and frustrating. So I think just figuring out these processes is, is the first big trend. How to, you know, everyone's asking, what are the KPIs I'm looking for? Uh, how, do, how do I compensate my team based on those? But it's so individual. I think what would be awesome is if customer success could as a community, as a thought, could find ways to more one-size-fits-all all of these processes. Um, you know, and there's some really great books out there that give a walkthrough. You know, Farm, Don't Hunt has a really great little walkthrough in it. But that's just a base. Um, and I think so figuring out those processes and then how do we automate them is, is really the biggest trend I see. 
Cool. Yeah, I see that. I see that too as a big trend. And certainly there's a lot of technology out there um, already, but I know there's a lot more coming. <laughs> and so uh, it'll be really interesting to see how all of this evolves over time. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. I love hearing about how customer success leaders are engaging other parts of the organization because I think that it helps create a customer-centric company. And I know our listeners will really appreciate your practical advice on engaging the product team. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, if anyone wants to talk further about it, you can reach me at michael at seamlessdocs.com. And um, I have a Twitter as well, Fulvio This. Uh, if you want to teach me how to use it, uh, you can tweet at me. Maybe I'll figure it out. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Michael. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time. <laughs>